Welcome to Markets Now. I'm Michelle Rourke with Darren Newsom, Senior Market Analyst for Bar Chart. And we're seeing kind of some mixed trade in both grain and livestock futures. I want to start off with grains like we normally do, Darren. Uh, we do see corn down a bit this morning, soybeans back lower and under the $12 mark. Just feels like the funds relentlessly sell on just about every rally here. I agree, Michelle. You know, this is all a fund play at this point. You know, it's interesting if we take it from a technical point of view, so many contracts in the grain and oilseed sectors, you know, they're in position for possible bullish reversals on their weekly charts if we can close higher this week, if we can close above last Friday settlements. And what that would tell us is fund selling could be starting to slow and some of those shorts are starting to get covered, but we're not seeing signs of it yet. Every, as you said, every time we get a little bit of a bump in the market, uh, in, in any of the markets, except for wheat, we'll set that aside for right now in corn and soybeans, you know, the funds just come back in and they start to sell. So, you know, it's going to be interesting. Certainly, it's going to be interesting to watch how we close out this week uh, and what it might mean going forward. Yeah. You know, though, when we talk about demand, um, you know, talk about what the spreads are doing and what basis levels are doing right now. That's a really good sign, isn't it, of what's really happening in the underlying fundamentals of the market? Yeah, those those are the real fundamental reads. I know there's a lot of folks liking to talk about a lot of other things, but they don't matter. Uh, we can we can see what's going on fundamentally with with uh, with basis and future spreads, and in in you know both corn and soybeans are a bit mixed right now. Uh, corn spreads uh, the March May is neutral, basis is neutral to bearish, uh, and then if we go out to the May July, it's actually starting to look a little bit bullish. We're seeing some buying coming into the May contract. Uh, which is interesting to me is that we're showing some demand, you know, down the road here a little bit as we get to, as we get the March once we get the March contract into delivery. Now over in soybeans, we've got both March, May, and May, July future spreads still leaning towards the bullish side, but basis is neutral at best and weakening. I mean, it's kind of taking its uh, cue from what's going on in, in Brazil. We know those new supplies are making their way to port. Uh, we're, we're going to see even less demand now because we're reaching that, you know, that midpoint of the marketing year where basically, uh, you know, the door shut, uh, slammed shut on U.S. Uh, exports and everything comes out of Brazil at this point. So we'll have to see what happens. So we're getting some mixed read, but certainly nothing overly bullish at this point. No, and to your point, we had a marketing year low for soybean exports yesterday at only 6 million bushels. Yeah, again, not a huge surprise. Uh, you know, we can certainly see the fact, you know, the market isn't wanting to go anywhere. There's no push right now from from the commercial side, uh, even with non-commercials putting pressure on the market. You know, and as we look at the as we look at the cash indexes, you know, we've gone to multi-year lows here at the end of January uh, here or in early February. And, you know, just from if we take a technical look at this, one of, one of these key fundamental reads, which is the cash indexes, you know, there's still a lot of downside possibility for both cash corn and cash uh, and cash soybeans. And this would certainly tell us, you know, demand isn't just going to come bouncing back anytime soon. Yeah. Wheat market is up here today, despite the fact that the dollar has been up strongly this morning. So do you think that is just technical? Is it all short covering at this point? <laughs> Knowing what I do about the wheat market, uh, I, you know, I want to say this is more of a technical move than a fundamental move. And, and this goes against everything that I always talk about. You know, we've got we've got the Kansas City March May future spread showing an inverse. We've got bullish carries in both the Chicago and, and Minneapolis March May spreads. Uh, you know, so there's a lot of, you know, there's there, those are bullish fundamental reads. 
But if we again go back to basis, we see both winter markets are are still incredibly bearish, still running well below previous five year lows uh, as far as national average basis reads go. Uh, and Minneapolis is only average. So again, we've got a conflicting view of real fundamentals. And you know, we have to start with basis and, and go by what they're saying. And if that's the case, it certainly indicates a lot of the buying coming in right now uh, would be tied to non-commercial short term because they've held uh, a large net short position in all three wheat markets for quite some time. Yeah. And I mentioned the dollar being up sharply. Crude oil is lower. Is some of that in response to the jobs data this morning? I think so, for what it's worth. I mean, we saw jobs come in what almost double what the pre-report estimate you know, for January. We came in almost double what uh, the pre-report estimate in, which again has to be the funniest job on the you know in in the markets uh, is making is economists making guesses uh, about uh, things like jobs data and these sorts of things. They're, I mean, if if they get within half of what the actual change is, uh, then they should consider it a win. Uh, do I believe the numbers? Not really. But I mean, if we go back and look at the at the economy as a big picture, what we can see about what's going on in the economy, uh, we can still see that, you know, U.S. job situation, U.S. labor market still strong. Uh, the economy still looks to be percolating along quite well. So, I mean, there's a lot of bullish reads as far as the economy goes outside of the jobs data. And that certainly seems to be supporting the dollar, as you mentioned. Yeah. And then we had the FOMC data this week, or at least a Chairman Powell saying, hey, we may not make any cuts to interest rates until June, perhaps. Mm -hmm. And so that has impacted some of the money flow in this market this week, hasn't it? I think there was an initial knee-jerk reaction to that, but again, it shouldn't have taken anybody by surprise. I mean, this is what this is what Chairman Powell was saying, you know, in in the latter parts of, of 2023. You know, there was so much mindless chatter about, oh, you know, these cuts are going to start in January. We're going to see them in January, March, and so on. And 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 no one and and Chairman Powell never hinted at that whatsoever. Uh, in fact, I mean, the rate increases were still on the table. The last I read, you know, so the fact that we didn't see a rate cut in January is not a surprise. The fact that we're not probably not going to see one in March, uh, according to Chairman Powell, unless things change, which you know was the asterisk that he put on. You know, again, shouldn't be any any surprise. We'll just have to see, you know, what develops down the road. And I got to ask you, you know, it's Groundhog Day today, and what are your thoughts about acreage mixes and what the weather might be impacting or how it might impact that going forward? Well, I'd say I feel sorry for the poor folks, the poor naive folks who are going to wait for USDA's prospective plantings, guess, but I really don't <laughs> feel sorry for them. Um, you know, we get our first look at this with, with Phil's forecast of an early spring. Now, when he does not see his shadow, historically, corn acres here in the U.S., corn acres increased by about 2.2% and soybeans decreased by about 1.5%. So we've got that going for us. In reality, if we look at what the, the NOV 24 soybean, these 24 corn spreads have been saying since September 1st, you know, and we're nearing the end of the six month tracking window for this spread. It's been saying soybean acres are buying acres away from corn, buying area away from corn this entire six month period. So, again, just like with everything else, we're getting conflicting signals. We can either go with uh, we can either go with what Phil says or we can look at what the market says. I usually lean towards the market. Yeah, I do, too. Are you serious? There's really statistics that show that we have higher corn acreage when, I mean, did you do some of that research, Darren, or did I, somebody else spend worthless time doing that? I spent my worth, worthless time doing that over the years. Oh, you did. So uh, I just insulted you then, right? No, you, you can't insult me because it is a worthless look at the market. Uh, but yes, I, 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 that, I have fun doing that because, I mean, in the big picture, 
Look at that. Look at how much interest gets put on prospective plantings at the end of March. And it's just as ridiculous as following the predictions of, of a rodent. I mean, let's just pay attention to what the market's telling us. Yeah. Uh, but but that's not what's going to happen. We're going to see so much buildup, so much hubbub and hullabaloo over, you know, prospective plantings, which in by its very title says it's a guess. Um, but so we might as well have a little fun with it, play along with Groundhog Day instead. Yeah, I'd to poke you a little bit about that. The other thing we have a lot of hubbub about during February is spring-based prices being set for crop insurance, right? We do. And, you know, we, we started the process uh, here on, on February 1st, and we'll continue it on through the rest of the month. You know, it, we're going to be dealing with some low numbers. I mean, there's no doubt about it. Again, we can go back to what the cash market's selling us, what the futures market's selling us, the funds sh uh, short position. Really, the only thing that could change some of these prices, and this is the daily closing averages for uh, December corn and November soybeans, is if funds start to make a move, if they start to cover some of their uh, some of their short positions in, in corn and soybeans and lift the market as a whole, both old crop and new crop, then, you know, we might we might see a bit of an improvement. Uh, you know, the, the theory is, is that seasonally uh, we do see December corn and November soybeans rally during February, but we'll see what happens. Yeah. A big update yesterday in the cattle market. Of course, we got um, confirmation of the small herd from the cattle inventory report. But man, that higher cash really pushed us up. And it looks like live cattle are trying to follow through here today anyways. So, you know, do you think we're going to continue to see funds pile back in here, Darren? I think we could. And again, this goes back to the overall economic picture. And, you know, things don't look as gloomy as what so many want to believe. Uh, I, I know there was a lot of chatter about the cattle inventory report providing support to the live cattle and feeder cattle markets on on Thursday. But in reality, I think most of the buying was spillover from the strong rallies that we saw in the U.S. stock indexes. There is a tie between okay. those markets. Uh, so I think that had more to do with it than anything else. Uh, now we'll see, you know, as, as we continue to extend these moves, uh, if we can actually take out the previous highs. That's going to take some work. That's going to take a good deal of buying. And it's going to have to come from more than just funds. We're actually going to have to see some commercial buying as well. As you said, we've got a bit stronger cash market uh, reports coming in uh, so far this week. We'll see if it holds. Uh, boxed beef is all over the place. Not really anything uh, concrete or clear at this, at this point. So again, we'll see. It's going to have to come from the commercial side of the market right now. Basis is weak. Uh, and that's usually one of the telltale signs. Yeah, we'd like to see bull spreading, obviously, in a bull market. Um, I, though, too, felt that cash trade was the big story yesterday because we didn't get the big rally until after that broke. So, mm -hmm. yeah. No, I, I agree. And, 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 you know, so for so many decades, you know, going back to all the folks that I've talked to in this market, you know, cash led futures when it come, came to livestock. And that was the way it was supposed to be. Yeah. That's been dented. That idea has been dented and beaten up the last number of years. But I still think at the end of the day, when we're talking about livestock, I still think it comes down to what the cash market's doing. Gotcha. Well, happy Groundhog Day, needless to say. And the same to you, Michelle. <laughs> okay. Thanks for joining us as always, Darren Newsom, Senior Market Analyst for Bar Chart. This is Markets Now.